And welcome to Unnecessary Angst. <laughs> you, you forgot you had to say it, didn't you? No, I was just, you know, building up to it for a very long time in a very awkward silence. <laughs> and then very rushed at the end. It's just that sort of a week, you know? <laughs> That's fair. It is. It's true. <laughs> Everything feels just like a really long, awkward pause, and then it happens way too fast. Yep. That was definitely this week. But speaking Specifically of Specifically Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday? Mine was Thursday. My Thursday was rough. Really? Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I had... <laughs> Six hours of training on no. Thursday. I literally, and two of them were trainings that I was leading. The first one was at 6 a.m. Oh, God. Oh, the God. last one was at 6 p.m. Nope. Nope. I would be out. Anything I, before 6? Anything before 7? Anything before 8, actually. I was going to say, like, you don't get up before 8. I don't wake up until, like, 11. <laughs> Yeah, Thursday was rough. Why was your Wednesday rough? Oh, inauguration day. I had a a 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. class, so I missed all of the inauguration stuff because I also had a sort of, my class sort of ran over by half an hour. I missed all of that, and I wanted to watch it so badly, and then I was like, okay, well, that's it. Um... And then I just had meeting after meeting, group me- group meetings again. Here we go, round two. Woo! Yeah, I'm. It's fine. Everyone's motivated. I think. I think we're all also in the same boat right now, where we're all sick and tired of being at home. Yeah. So at least we can relate to each other on that level. That is yeah. totally fair. What are you drinking tonight, Julia? I am drinking. A very weird, I don't know if it's weird, but a very strange mixture of rum, water, fizzy water, and lime, and simple syrup. Okay. I don't really know why. So, like, almost a mojito, but not. (laughs) But not. (laughs) There's no mint or coconut. Is there coconut in a mojito? No. Oh. Damn. Maybe There's it's lime. just the place that I get. Oh, you know what? The place that I usually get it, they add coconut to it, so it's a special. So you get a coconut mojito. mojito. I get a coconut mojito. Okay. <laughs> I don't know my cocktails. Don't judge me. <laughs> I'm not my mother. My mother could like list off every cocktail since she's bartend, but I can't. I mean, what are I you drinking? Either. I'm drinking a cider. Um, it is a brute cider from. Golden State Cider, and... Is this different from the one you had last week? I thought I had the Cosmic Current last week. You had a Brute last week. Oh. We we discussed the the word Brute, sort of. We did, because I said I was going to drink this one this week. Because I was Mm. drinking the the Black Current one last week, and then I said I'm saving the champagne one for the following week. Yeah. So I'm sticking true to my word. I'm drinking my champagne cider. (laughs) How's the champagne cider? It's good. Um, this one isn't as good as the other can that I had, but it's it's good. I mean, it's very dry, which is normally not how I prefer my ciders, and it's very sparkly. Mm-hmm. Well, I also have, an, but it tastes an, good. Yeah, I have an extra can of 
green apple cider in case I run out of my um, rum <laughs> mixture. <laughs> so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so today we're continuing our journey through the cruel prince and oh my gosh what a journey are we gonna go on i love chapter. getting texts from you when you're reading and you're like oh my god <laughs> those are the best complaining about how much i hate this chapter yeah <laughs> uh yeah i mean there's definitely some light content warnings in this chapter um uh, i would say like if you don't want to hear about situations where consent is being violated. Trigger warning. This is not the chapter for you. Yeah. Um, it freaked me out when I first read it, but I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. But just wanted to head that off before we get into the actual details of the chapter. So we'll be talking about chapter 11 of The Cruel Prince today. And it finally feels like the turning point is coming. Mm-hmm. Hasn't happened yet, but I can feel it coming <laughs> soon. Yeah. And stuff's starting really, to feel real. Yeah, we're about, what, a quarter of the way through now? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Quarters, I think, a good, good estimate of it. Uh, so, anyways, let's just get into it. Let's get in the synopsis, Julia. All right, chapter 11. We begin at the family dinner. Jude is thrilled with her new secret life with uh pr- being prince dane's spy because madoc cannot take it from her this is all hers hers to love and cherish <laughs> vivi apparently did not come home for dinner so jude suspects she is with heather Ooh. Ooh. he says she did well at the tournament and at- she asks if he has changed his mind about be- her becoming a knight he says no and they will discuss her future once there is a new high king he's further really pushing supporting this off. further supporting yeah. <laughs> my theory that he's trying to commit treason but yeah, it's yeah. also you we'll have a we'll talk about this <laughs> <laughs> so jude follows taryn to her room after dinner and tries to make amends but taryn thinks she is wasting her life <laughs> jude wants to tell her about dane but doesn't probably a good thing and they bicker <laughs> tara and then just says she's skipping class the next day because she doesn't want to watch the results of jude's carelessness something's a coming uh, yep <laughs> later she is walking to school day dreaming about carden being thrown in prison when she comes across an all-white stack <laughs> that she takes as a good omen you're so wrong dude <laughs> Glasses seem to go well in the afternoon for the most part. They are stargazing because apparently there are unusual celestial events before important political changes. So they are looking for portents in advance of the new king. The instructor asks Nikesha a question, which she answers wrongly, and Jude corrects her. Such a oh, know it all. What a know it all. <laughs> Valerian comments he would rather be learning about love, and Nagel, their instructor, asks what would portend successful love valerian being a dumbass and a smartass uh and noggle asks another girl because he thinks valerian has had no success so he doesn't know teacher burn <laughs> i love this note here hashtag I, teacher burn hashtag teacher burn i love this whole moment he's like Valerian, what do you think portends successful love? And Valerian's like, a girl taking her clothes off. Yes. <laughs> and then the teacher turns to another student, ignoring Valerian, and he's like, 
Enga, do you know the answer? Because I don't think Valerian knows what successful love looks like. Because he's clearly never (laughs) had it. I'm like, savage! Can you imagine one of your high school teachers saying that about a student? Like, that's savage. I I would have loved that. I would have loved that. As long as it wasn't directed to you. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) But it was just so good. Oh my god, I can just imagine this, like grouchy old man because i think that's what a what are what's he called noggle no that's his name but the type of fairy he is oh, oh, oh is yeah, yeah. a fur darig it's the type of fairy that noggle is and they're basically just like grouchy old men like little gnomes i think mm. is kind of how i pictured it So it reminded me of my high school chemistry teacher, and he's the only teacher that I could imagine doing something like this, though he wouldn't be as overt about it. He'd do it, like, sly. Like, he'd break (laughs) your soul, but, like, you wouldn't realize that he did it. He was very crafty that way. Oh, gotcha. Anyway, sorry for derailing. (laughs) That was great. So, hashtag teacher burn. Cardin refuses to answer the question when he is asked and tells the teacher to change the lesson and light the lamps. And because he is the prince, the instructor has to do this. Nikasia then makes fun. Are we calling her Nikasia or Nikasia? Nikasia? Nikasia. 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 (laughs) I'm going to go through this every single episode. (laughs) And we do it wrong every time. It's fine. Uh, Nikasia then makes fun of her ink splotches, of um, Drew's ink splotches, because she couldn't see well in the, the dark, uh, so she has ink everywhere. Jude uh, makes a snarky comment back, and Nikasia slaps her. Um, and this is crossing a line, and Jude challenges her to a duel before Nikasia responds. Valerian comes over and shoves a fairy... I just read that so strangely. Before Nikasia <laughs> responds... I can't talk today. Wow. Um, before Nikasia responds, Valerian comes up and shoves a fairy apple in Jude's mouth. Jude spits it out, but not before the effect starts to take hold. She does have that enchantment, uh, against enchantments, but it does not enchant her or secure her against foods. So Jude tries to get some salt from her basket, but not, but Nikasia grabs it before she can, and Valerian shoves her to the ground, shoving the apple back in and choking her. Just when we start to get to some interesting stuff. Oh, I hate this I so know. much. Cardin makes Valerian stop so Jude doesn't die and the prank can actually take effect. She is now a mess and smiles at Cardin and everyone is in love with everyone. <laughs> um, and she loves the way that she is feeling. They all start messing with her since they haven't seen a more messed up on fairy fruit before and asking her questions and doing things like who she would like to kiss all of them and to take off her clothes she asks if she is as pretty as them and acacia says no while she's standing in her underwear like i want to be clear she's naked (laughs) valerian then tells her to take off her rowan berries which she does which they don't actually know that she doesn't need the rowan berries but it's the gesture of him asking her to take them off which is really bad Again, consent. (laughs) So messed up here. Okay, sorry. Then (laughs) Then Nikasia asks her to lick her hands, and Cardin interrupts, saying she will kiss his foot. 
which is just, like so weird. <laughs> she looks at him and something is off. His eyes for a second are filled with fury, desire, and shame. But he blinks it away and says to tell her how much she admires him. Then Locke interrupts and says, I said his name correctly this time. I just want to say that. I was building up I'm to this. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> then Locke interrupts and says he is taking her home. But before he can take her home, Cardin pricks her finger before she leaves. Um, so she brings her finger up to her mouth and realizes that there is salt in her bloodstream. So she can start waking back up from this fever dream that she was going through. Mm-hmm. Interesting move. As she walks back with Locke, teachers avoid her gaze, and Locke wraps a blanket around her, and she starts to wake up, realizing she has salt in her mouth now from the blood. She is filled with hatred, but tells Locke she owes him a debt for his help, and internally comments on how cute he is, though she is embarrassed since he hasn't seen seen her in her underwear. What a teen! What a teen (laughs) moment for Jude. He apologizes for not helping her earlier and says she doesn't owe anyone anything. And Jude asks how he can stand being around them. He notes that there's safety in being awful, which there is something kind of poetic about that. Uh, she <laughs> In such a bad myself. way. <laughs> yeah, in such a terrible way. She notes that this is because they then are at least not awful to him and he doesn't answer. They get near Maddox, and Jude says she wants to go alone, and he says he wants to see her again, and she questions why. He says, poetically, she has a story that hasn't happened yet, and he wants to be a part of that unfolding. That sounds so dirty. I'm sorry. I'll get, I'm sorry, but, like, I had to say it. It sounds so dirty. I feel like I've heard something like this before, but I just don't know where. I can't pinpoint it. I should look it up later. (laughs) Anyway, he kisses her finger, saying he will see her tomorrow, and she returns to Maddox's house. Flash forward, Maddox is in a rage, wanting to know who did it so he can murder them. And Jude <laughs> just remembers he is not her father, but her father's murderer. <laughs> That's a nice So much check. drama from both of them. Yeah. Jude thinks if Oriana was concerned about something like this happening to the girls, not because of them causing the family embarrassment, but because Maddox would commit treason to Jude says she ate the fruit herself because it was supposed to be fun, and it was. Maddox yells at them both to be quiet. He knows knows Jude is lying to play play Oriana. Yeah, and tells Oriana to not be gullible. (laughs) I have many thoughts about Oriana. We'll get to this later. He threatens (laughs) people again, and Jude notes that is helping. He kneels and grabs her hands and asks what would help, and he will do it. Jude thinks about telling him, but knows he only knows how to answer with bloodshed and knows that that would that it would cause way more harm than good. So she answers with asking Maddox to teach her more strategy and blade work, which same. <laughs> he agrees and looks impressed with her. Oriana is annoyed <laughs> and says they can send her food up to her room if she would prefer, and they will start more intense training tomorrow. She goes to her room, thinks about talking to Taryn, but decides against it, and in her room is a dress made for the servants of the royal family, and sees the owl-faced hob from the other knights. It will tell her to go to hollow... It tells her to go to hollow... I can't say hollow hall. (laughs) That alliteration, though. (laughs) My god. Hollow hall, where Prince 
Balakin lives and finds a treasonous secret. And find a treasonous secret. Wow. Yeah, they want I'm her so to find a treasonous secret. That. that was a struggle. That was, I mean, it's a really long chapter. Like, it's a long it synopsis. Really so, good job. Yep. Very proud of you. All right, general comments. You start. You start. I don't have as much, I think, as you do. Oh, my God. Okay, so first off, before we even get into the craziness, like, I was really struggling with Jude in the first couple of pages where she's, like, internal monologuing about her secret with Dane, and she's, like, so excited about it, and it makes me feel so icky makes me feel like when a teenager is getting attention from like a 24 year old man and she feels really like special and important and doesn't realize that she's being preyed on Hmm. (laughs) like it makes me feel icky (laughs) yeah and i don't know what it is about this particular situation that is like setting me off but i have very bad vibes from it i think it's because he can still enchant her and i don't like that yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're just like, I'm not saying anything. No. Things will happen. <laughs> um, it might not happen in the way you think. That's all I'm going to say. I don't trust anything at this point. I'm so confused by everything that is happening. Um, uh, I just need something to like be concrete because I don't even know how to make predictions anymore because there's so many different paths this could go down and I know all of my predictions are wrong. So it's just, I have so many feelings. Um, <laughs> I also don't like when Jude is having her little bickering moment with Taryn, she out of nowhere is just like, have you fallen in love yet? And I'm like, what? why is that relevant to your argument? <laughs> What are you, what are you trying to suss out here? Like, if Taryn is already not trusting you with things and hiding things from you, do you really think asking her point blank if she's fallen in love is going to get you a response? Like, you're a shit spy, dude. Come on. You need to find better ways to glean information without being so direct if you want to go into this new line of work that you've committed yourself to. I don't know. She just has no tact, and, like, I, she needs more tact to be a spy. She is, yeah. She, I think it just also shows how much of a teenager she is. Like, it's a reminder, like, she's a teenager. She's concerned about, like, love and having sex and all this stuff. Like, you know who else is a teenager? Who? Inej. And she's not like this. <laughs> well, Inej has had a lot of life experience behind her, though. So have these girls. I mean, yeah. Different kinds. True. But different kinds. I'm just saying. But they've also been kind of I mean, they're in a world, right, which is very different from the one that they're supposed to be in. But right. at the same time, they've been in a world of privilege. Because they are growing up as I mean, Bad they're in a world kids, of privilege yeah. being different people, but like it's still like a comfortable situation for them where they they have protection. They go to school. Yeah, that's um, true. They don't actually know how to fend for themselves. No, like if like if like she had to go rob someone, she would be <laughs> caught in seconds. <laughs> right. This is why. Again, it's a terrible idea for her to be a spy. Just because she can lie does not mean she possesses any of the other necessary skills that one needs to be a spy. Yep. (laughs) 
I just, uh, okay. Um, I, when they're walking to school, or when she's mm-hmm. walking to school and she has that weird little daydream about Dane's coronation. <laughs> like, girl, you're dancing with a lock who's smiling at you, and Cardin is getting dragged and thrown into what I think is jail, all while your prince that you serve is being crowned king. Like, I'm sorry, did we read the same last ten chapters? Like, in what world is Cardin going to jail? I just... (laughs) (laughs) Also, like, she literally had one nice interaction with Locke, and she's like... (laughs) She's in love with him. (laughs) Just because he was, like, he wasn't even, like, nice to her specifically. He was just, like, (laughs) I like (laughs) when you piss my friend off. It's funny. And she was, like, he's my soulmate. (laughs) Like, chill. This is all I needed in life. (laughs) Just take a step back. Honestly, though, that's me. That's that was me. me at 17. Yeah. yeah. Well, not now, but like at that age, like same. Some guy was nice to me. I was like, yeah. A boy like, smiled at husband. me. I was in love with him and planned like our baby's names. Yeah. So true. Uh, and then I actively worked to make them not like me. That was my problem. <laughs> that sounds so like you at any age. I'm still like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> great at that anyway oh my gosh uh valerian's my least favorite i've decided out of the four of them okay because he's like a dumb job he's mean yes and he's not smart so he can't do anything else other than be mean (laughs) mean and And like like dumb ways with the whole nikasha and then it turned into valerian like that whole situation, he clearly feeds off of other people's rage. Like, mm-hmm. Nikesha started it, and then he just kept going with it. Right. When clearly, like, Cardin was like, I'm fine with just, like, them being stupid, but, like, come on, guys. Right. Right. He's just, he doesn't know how to do anything but be mean. And, like, that yeah. dumb jock vibe is just, like, uh, played out. I don't like it. I don't need it in any book mm-hmm. I read. I'm just not here. Like, at least Nikasia is, like, somewhat more interesting because she comes from this, like, different part of the fairy world, right? Um, so you can already kind of tell that, like, to make sure that she fits in, she has to go above and beyond to keep favor with people that will keep her in power. And her meanness has, like, a pettiness to it. That makes it more interesting than just being mean for the sake of being mean. Not that it makes it good, but makes it slightly more interesting. And Cardin is very interesting, even though we hate him. So. Cardin is complex. He has different parts to him that we're starting to see, which I like. Um, Oh, there's so much to talk about Cardin in this chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Before we open that book, though. I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really understand how useful this Gius is if 
like it can't protect her from food. Well, I think I was confused about that when I first read it too, but it kind of makes sense reading it a second time because it's not an enchantment. Like the Gias is like she she should have given I guess a more of a blanket statement like nothing in fairy can um alter my actions or control me. Mm -hmm. I think would have been a bit more of a better mm -hmm. deal for her. Whereas she simply asked, I believe, and I can go back and check this, but I believe she only asked for no enchantments to mm -hmm. be set on her. Right, and I think that's the problem. Like, enchantment being set on you. Like, you mm -hmm. should have made it, I don't want to be able to be enchanted. Right? Because the fairy yeah. food is still enchanting her. It's just not an active enchantment. Oh, okay. Wait, I just went back and checked this. And it does say, no geese can save you from the effects of our fruits and poisons. Mm. So, he told her from the start, like, it's only going to be enchantments. Okay, that just seems like a really big loophole if, like, they can just gang up on her and shove stuff down her throat. <laughs> I know. Like, what? whatever. But Stop she it. asked for it, and she knew the terms and conditions. I mean, she didn't know, know all the terms and conditions, but she knew that terms and conditions. Well, and um, I'm not I'm not mad about, like, her making that deal. Like, that is what it is. It's more so that, like, it's just a shitty deal that, like, it doesn't also cover this. Because it's like, she just got this. And before us even being able to see that it works, right, and that she is able to protect herself, we see the weakness that she still has. And I'm like, okay, proving a point here, Holly Black, this is not a catch-all in any way, shape, or form. Got it. Yep. Uh, so she's not uber-powerful in any way. Um, I just don't... I don't understand why none of the teachers interjected. Well, because it's the prince's crew. Like, I get that part, that... They don't want to cross the prince. And because the prince hangs out with these guys, just like Locke says, like there's some protection given to them. So for the teacher to step in and be like, hey, this isn't right, when they know that Cardin could be like, well, F you, you're fired now because I don't want you messing with my friends. They're afraid from them for themselves. So, but what's worse? Cardin getting them fired or Maddox murdering them because they do didn't do anything to stop this. <laughs> but I don't think that if she were to tell Maddox, right, who did this to her, she wouldn't out the teacher. She would out Cardin. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no, I know that. But, like, if you're a logical parent in a school... If this was allowed He's to happen. He's not a logical parent. <laughs> I know, but, like, I'm just saying, right? Like, thinking this through. If something happened to your kid in the middle of class and yeah. it was allowed we're, to we're happen. Such like great parents. What did your teachers do to stop it? If the answer is nothing, you hold the teachers accountable because they weren't being adults. We are really taking these kids as our ch children, like... <laughs> I want to protect her. Instructor. <laughs> I'd give him a stern talking to. Let's be real. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Okay, I've um, said a lot of things. Give me some of your commentary. I have more, but, like, give me some bef- of yours. Before we get to Cardin. Um, well, I mean, this is jumping ahead a bit, but Oriana, I think that was really interesting. Um, I just found the spot again where she goes, um, I think about how Oriana was afraid that Taryn and Taryn or I would misbehave at the court and cause Maddox embarrassment. Now I wonder if she was more worried about how he'd react if something did happen. Which, like, Oriana is such this character that even, like, from the start, when I first read, I was like, I want to know more about her. Because we know so little about her. And she's mentioned all the time. I mean, she could just be, like, the dutiful wife. But, like, she's clearly not, from the sentence, the dutiful wife. Like, she is worried about, I think, her own... I don't know. Not I guess her own name, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would want to know why she's so concerned about the embarrassment. Because now we're no, now we're no, now we're knowing. <laughs> now we know that it's not just worry that these humans are gonna, you know, mess them up in a world that they don't belong in, but that in general she is worried about her own status or her own embarrassments. I think. Well, but I wonder, because if Maddox truly, like, flew off the handle at somebody and, like, killed someone important, could she be seen as, like, a co-conspirator and be jailed or exiled oh, with true. him? Right? So, like, it, mm-hmm. I don't know. Reading it felt to me more that it's, like, they had always thought that Oriana was being, like, petty, that she would be, like, embarrassed by them being these, like, stupid little mortals running around. And I think Jude's now seeing there's actually a bigger picture potentially that oriana is more fearful for like what could happen to the family if maddox flies off in a rage and does something drastic that Mm. hurts her but also could leave oak without any parents yes right like she has to think about very concerned about oak (laughs) little sickly fairy (laughs) child I love oak. Bring back oak. I don't. We don't have enough oak content. I need more I oak. Please and thank you. That's true. Also, can um, we just can we just talk about the fact that like they literally got, they basically got her drunk so they could fuck with her. Like that's yeah. It's not okay. Like, I know that uh, the drowning is one thing. But this but just this is going to the next level. It made me so. It, I was like viscerally uncomfortable. It crossed so many lines, and like, what? Why are we doing this in YA? Like, why are we doing? I know. This? I why, know. Why are this, we doing this in books at all? I do. I remember when I first picked this up. Everyone kept telling me how it's like the most toxic relationship that I've ever because it's like we know that Karin and Jude are going to become something eventually because that's mm-hmm. where it's leading yeah but ha- it was always the question like how do they redeem Karin <laughs> no because like he didn't do it directly but he did he stood by not it. do anything he didn't yeah. stop anything I mean he sort of stopped it at the end when he realized like this is getting out of hand and when Locke tried to step in well but... he let Locke stop it basically exactly it wasn't he like could have stopped it a lot further he tried to stop it sort of when valerian was trying to kill her but he could have been like that's stupid you're being stupid like play it off as something like it's not worth our time yeah and he didn't because he's still angry at her and so he's still trying to punish Mm -hmm. her 
Because he doesn't fully realize that he's into her yet, even though we now realize that he's into her. Yeah. (laughs) Which also, like... (laughs) I'm sorry. Just the way it's all described. That she's, like, standing there in polka dot black and underwear and Cardin has like a flash of desire in his eyes I'm like ah <laughs> we found Cardin's kink he's turned on by human polka, polka dot. dot underwear okay also like I definitely did not have nice underwear when I was a teenager like where is she getting this from she's going to the human world and be like yeah Victoria's Secret I mean, you should probably go to Pink. That'd be something that you could get at Pink in the mall. Oh, that's true. That's true. I don't think it's, like, lacy polka dots. I think it's, like... I went to, like, my local TJ Maxx, and I was like, yeah. I imagine it, like, like, cotton bra, cotton panties, like, big black and white polka dots. Like, not... Not fancy, okay. Not fancy, not cute. Like, a worn t-shirt So he really has, like... But he had nothing, and he was turned on by it. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, at least she doesn't have any, like, animal legs, like some of his siblings. <laughs> She's not a furry, yeah. as the internet would say. Well, so maybe he's just not into furries, and so he's not, and he's not into mermaids, so he's well, not into Bacasia. He, he has a tail himself, so. Oh, yeah, I forgot! I just keep imagining him as, like, young server Snape. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, it was a big turn of events that, like, flashed in his eyes where he, like, recognized the desire and then immediately felt ashamed for feeling attracted to this polka dot human underwear. See, I was trying to make the underwear out to be something nice, and now I'm like, oh, it really wasn't that nice, was it? No, he just basically saw her naked body, and he was turned on. Oh, God, boy. Because he's a teenage boy. I feel like that is accurate for a teenage boy. It is. Doesn't matter if they're a fantasy teenage boy or not. Sorry to any teenage boys out there, but... Is a teenage boy listening to this podcast? No. (laughs) I would love to see that. Please email us if you are, with parental permission. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, um, there was a really interesting line, I think it was, like, Jude's internal monologue, where she was like, I'm not sure I feel good, but I know I feel great. And I just thought that was a really, like, powerful line to talk about, like, drug, like, why people become addicted to drugs. And, like, chase after that high. Because clearly this is something similar that's happening to her. Um, but like, I, I I'm not know. okay, but I feel incredible. Like, that right. awareness that it's not quite right, but you're okay with it. Because, well, not okay with it, but you feel good. You feel like this is something. Right. Yeah. Though it's interesting to me that, like, after she gets the salt in her, like, she doesn't have cravings for more fruit. Like, I, I I guess I thought it would become more of a, like, small addiction thing that she'd have to, like, mm. work to overcome. But it seemed like getting the salt just, like, completely ended it. And it was just, like, a one-and-done thing, which was interesting. Yeah. Because that's not how I imagined it would play out. But I guess that maybe that's how it plays out. 
if you have to win off of it naturally versus like breaking the enchantment i think she also she's not vulnerable enough to to i think fall too much into that trap of like i want to feel that way all the time Hmm. yet i mean maybe like if she did it enough that she would fall into that yeah but um it was also the way that it ended was so abrupt too that i think kind of reminded her like oh damn this is Mm -hmm. not right you know yeah so why do you think and you might know the answer to this so if you do sorry but like why do you think (laughs) Cardin gave her the salt well he didn't give her the salt he because Nikesha had the salt right so he he pricked her thumb with a pin that he took off of himself um and then she automatically, out of reflex... Oh, so it was just brought, the saltiness, like, in her uh, blood. Exactly, because there's salt in, in human blood. Yeah. Yeah, so my biology brain did not think of that. I thought he had, like, had, like, a kernel of salt <laughs> or two on the pin. No. And, like, pricked it and got it off. I'm a dumbass. It, oh, my God. Well, I think the entire situation that he does it to is interesting. Like, you have to have the context where Locke was going to take her home. He wasn't... I think it was interesting that that Locke wasn't trying to get her the salt. He was just going to, like, take her home in that state. Like, I don't know. Ooh! Ooh! But because Cardin is now in love with her, clearly, um, he didn't want Locke to take advantage of her on the way home. Like, he thinks Locke did with Taryn. (laughs) Oh, my God. This was the other thing that I was curious about. Like, is he attracted to Jude? Or is he attracted to Taryn? Like, the... Cardin. Cardin. Ooh. Because they are twins. Because they're twins. So I'm wondering if, like, he saw body... Right? And face, naked and happy, and was, like, attracted, and then he, like, remembered it was Jude and not Taryn, and so that's why he felt shame. Interesting. Very. So I'm wrong. But, like, I was just... (laughs) But I love that theory anyway. (laughs) That would have been a really creepy theory at the same time. Like, he's going through this thing, like, I love Taryn, but, like, what partway through the series he switches and like check hey i mean he was I'm literally like a chapter ago saying he wanted to fuck taryn so like I, I can't keep up he wasn't saying he wanted to fuck taryn he was just saying that taryn was no longer a virgin and he knew that no i'm pretty sure he said he wanted to green grower hold on no somebody somebody else had done that he he is he is in on some inside information that even jude doesn't know about was this chapter 9 or chapter 10? I believe it was chapter... Ooh, that's actually a really good question. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, I got it. I got it. Okay, hold on. I imagine that if I asked, she'd roll with me right here until we turned her white gown green and then thank me for the honor of my favor. He smiles, going in for the kill, leaning toward me as if confiding a secret. Not that I'd be the first to green gowner. Oh, so he doesn't say he wants to. He said that he could. He says that he could, though. I don't know. You, oh, you're taking it as like he wants. To. I mean, it crossed his <laughs> mind. <laughs> okay, interesting, interesting. Or it could be opposite. He's saying that about Taryn, 
to get under Jude's skin when really he wants to fuck Jude. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and if it was Taryn, he would just pretend it was Jude. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> it's all creepy. They're creepy Holly people. Doesn't, Holly Black does not go that far. She does not put a Cassie, pull a classic Cassie, Cassie Claire and be like, they're siblings. JK. <laughs> like, there's no weirdness like that around here. I will okay. give you that much. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, she pulls a lot of other stuff from Cassie Claire's. So I don't know how freaky this stuff is going to get. I mean, there's some strange stuff that's going to come up, but no. not that. Okay. I mean, not not with Corden and Taryn. <laughs> Got it. Okay. I'll stop theorizing in, like, way too complex ways that don't make sense for a YA book. It would be really creepy. <laughs> um, I am excited, though, that he's, like, starting to turn a leaf of, like, realizing that the reason he's been so worked up about Dude is because he may be into her. Yeah. Oh my god. Wait, I just realized something. What? I am Carden. <laughs> Julian, no. <laughs> just in that way, though. We're like, you realize that you like someone, right? And so you don't really want to like them. So you basically pick out every single flaw of that person so that you no longer like them. And then it becomes this, like, terrible, toxic trait of yours and like they hate you it's bad i got it from ya fiction i'm taking i'm gonna blame ya fiction for this (laughs) oh my god you need to find healthier ways to have crushes my girl yeah anyway Okay, interesting. I mean, so the other reason I thought he might have given her salt, since we kind of went off, um, (laughs) is because maybe he thought that, because she's been so, like, prideful about everything, right? Maybe he thought that she wouldn't tell Maddox what happened, and he wanted her to be, like, fully lucid so that she had her wits about her and wouldn't just, like, spill everything Mm -hmm. to Maddox. That would also So he was being, like, strategic. Yeah. Because he probably knows Maddox would kill him. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. He's the sixth kid. He, he's dispendable. <laughs> Nobody likes him. Expendable. Sorry. That was the wrong. That was a made up word that doesn't exist. Expendable is what I was trying to okay, say. Okay. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to talk about moving on from Carden for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh,. Uh, Maddox line about waiting until there's a new high king mm. because for you this plays directly into your theory about there being a coup it does there's a coup <laughs> to me I took it as um, again I'm pulling from when I first read this I believe I took it as meaning that there's instability right now whenever there's a transition of power there's always going to be this moment of instability where like nobody really knows what's going on it's not going to be good for any of the subjects who work directly below any of the high-ranking members of the Mm -hmm. family because when they're like there's someone new in power nobody really knows what they're what to expect so her position as a knight might be it might not be secure and it might be dangerous it might be dangerous because right, like, if there's skirmishes, exactly. 
And you are like, it's a coup. (laughs) I just, listen, so far I've loved Maddox this entire series. Like, there has not been one thing other than the fact that he dips his hood in the blood of his enemies. Um, Other than that, like, I think he's been a great dad. Hmm. So I need something to make him bad. And so I'm just praying for the coup. Because that would make him bad. You're waiting for it. You're I'm really waiting for it. Or something. It doesn't have to be a coup, but, like, something to make him not redeemable. Where Jude has to, like, isolate herself from her family to save her human sisters who are actually her family. Mm. A coup is just one way to accomplish that task. True. Okay. Also, the, okay, so the whole safety in being awful, like, and in being in a group. Ah, yeah. So gross. Poetic, but so gross. Like, that's why white privilege exists. (laughs) This is true. And, uh, I don't know, it just makes my heart hurt. I'd rather have safety in being kind. Um... But then it wouldn't be a high school-based story. Because no Mm -hmm. high school, fantasy or American or any other high school, is, like, kind. It's just not how it works. Um, I just, I feel like I'm the the girl in Mean Girls, like, off on the side being like, remember when I I just want us to all be friends again. And they're like, don't even go here. Like, that's me. I don't go here because I'm not a teenager anymore. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. What were your thoughts on that whole lock explanation for why he hangs out with? Oh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I can get it, and I agree. It's that like white privilege, like hiding behind something to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a coward. Like he doesn't need that. No, you know. I mean, we don't know, I guess at the same time, we don't know a lot about Locke right now. So it's hard to kind of judge him at this yeah. point. Because maybe he has something that he's trying to protect. And maybe it's something that's very, very personal to him. That being on Cardin's side will help him mm-hmm. help that. But um, just taking it from where it is right now with um, how he, he worded it. Yeah. It's, he sounds suspicious. <laughs> and he's a coward. I think a coward is a really good way to describe yeah. him. So we know he's not a Gryffindor. Great. Um, <laughs> I also, as I was saying earlier, I think the whole, like, I want to be the one to help unfold your story it was just like, it was so dirty. I I need to look this up. I feel like I just read something with a similar line to it. I don't know where because I've been reading too many books. Yeah, same. But, like, it sounds so familiar. I wish I knew what it was. But, yeah. Well, that's I didn't the, take um, it. I didn't take it as being, like, creepy or anything. I took it as kind of, like, this nice thing. Like, like yeah, you are an exciting story. Like, I would want to find someone who is exciting and whose story I want to be a part of too. 
Oh, no, it could 100% be super sweet. I just don't trust him. And we also still, with the information that we currently have, we think that he's the one that had sex with Taryn. Because that's mm. the most we know based on the context clues that have been given. Um, so I don't know, like, what his goal is here. Like, I don't know <laughs> what he's actually trying to accomplish. If he's trying to be her friend, if he's trying to, like make her fall in love with him so we could have bedded both sisters like I don't know and I don't trust him because he's being way too nice in a world of not nice people and it's just like it's freaking me out I don't like it Jude should not trust him in his cute curls no I will give you too that it is kind of creepy that he brings it up after that whole debacle that she has just gone through like, right. that's a, she, <laughs> he has as much tact as Jude does. In that way, they are both similar. Like, there's no need to bring that up right now. Like, she's just gone through something pretty terrible. Like, just let her go home, leave it at that, say that you'll see her tomorrow. Yeah. And then bring it up later at a better time. Um, but, what I do want to give him is that he has taken her home defying his friends as far as we know like he Mm -hmm. hasn't he didn't do anything to her he just walked her home and then Mm -hmm. grant her her wish of wanting to go home by herself um so he did that in front of his friends which could have given him a whole lot of flack i agree except we know that Cardin was okay with it so like he won't really get any flack for it that's true. That's true. So it's kind of like timeline of events from like Locke's perspective. Like, could he tell that Cardin wanted somebody to intervene? So mm-hmm. he felt comfortable and safe doing so. Yeah. Before he made that decision. Or was he being defiant? Like, I think that the timing of that makes a big difference. And because Jude's an unreliable narrator, and because she was high as a kite, we won't know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. um but yeah i also love angry dad mode matic i don't know about you (laughs) no i love it he was like raging (laughs) it's like adorable and terrifying at the same time um and i also think it's like such a good way of putting who he is like adorable and terrifying yeah (laughs) He's like a cute little dad who's going to chop your head off. Exactly. Horrible and terrifying. <laughs> Which is not a good combination, but here we go. <laughs> yeah, it is for this book series. Yeah. I also love that he, like, equally rages at everyone. Like, it's not all Jude. He mixes Oriana in there. He'd yell at the other two girls if they were there. He'd probably yell at Oak if Oak was in the room. He's an equal opportunity terror. <laughs> Stana King. <laughs> oh, God. I also just really appreciate, like, how caring he was in this whole moment. Like, especially the part where he, like, got down on his knees and grabbed her hands. And he's like, tell me what I can do to make it better. And I was like, that is so sincere. Who is this coming out of right now? Like, I mean, but yes, but that's also him begging for her to give her the name so he can go and, you know, bloody his cap some more, so. Uh. I was taking it more, like, he was going, he was just asking genuinely, like, how can I make you feel better? 
okay. in this situation because he recognized I'm that viewing it more selfishly. Killing all of her classmates probably wouldn't make her feel better. <laughs> he got that message. And so then he was like, what can I do? And she's like, swordplay. And he's like, yes. <laughs> um, but I'm just waiting for, again, like I was saying earlier, I'm waiting for something to turn. Like he's being way too caring and fatherly right now. That I'm waiting for something to go really wrong. Mm-hmm. And for him to turn on Jude. It's going to happen. Um, also, kind of going back to the earlier point. But Jude is going to be a shit spy. So, like, to start her out with an assignment to go get <laughs> evidence. Like, hardcore, like, she is terrible. She, I'm waiting for her to fail. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, to start with her first assignment to be go to the home of the eldest prince and find treason. Like, that's a high bar. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's, like, all for it. She's like, no problem. <laughs> Does she even know what treason is? I know. Um, but are you excited to see the uh, owl or the hob? What is the hob? The hob back? Sure, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't care. I would rather have the thief, but I'll settle for the hob. <laughs> it's fine. You were really married to that thief. I was like, this thief is going to play a big part and it turns out to be a hob. (laughs) Maybe the hob transformed into the thief and it's the same thing. Okay, give the thief a backstory. I like this. Go write some fanfiction. This is my headcanon. You cannot change it. (laughs) Okay. I will accept that. I do believe that the hop returns later, so we can continue this. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I mean, listen, that would fit, right? Because the thief mm-hmm. stole something and was really sneaky and was able to cause a distraction. The hob is assisting with the spy mission, so... <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> okay, I want you to write this up on Wattpad. <laughs> Like the whole backstory. <laughs> you know, we're gonna we're gonna sell the rights to Wattpad Studios and get get money <laughs> for the prequel of the Cruel Prince. Uh, I think that was all that I had actually for for chapter eleven. That's all. There I was had a too. lot that happened. This was like three chapters in one. <laughs> yeah, it was busy. It was a busy chapter. So many feelings. Um. Okay, should we get into pop culture references? Yes. Why don't you go first? Okay, well, the first one is the most obvious one, I think, and it's the stack. Yes! <laughs> like, <laughs> Alina also in Shadow and Bone thought the stack was going to be, like, this great, glorious thing, which it kind of is oh, later. Oh, nope, we're making different pop culture references! <laughs> oh, what? Oh, this is so exciting. Okay, this is good. Okay, okay. Um, I'm thinking of... Oh, you're thinking of Harry Potter. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> to my fucking stack. I had like three Harry Potter references in a row. Like it was so bad. I thought that I knew exactly which one you were referring to, though. I didn't even think about Alina Starkov. Oh my god. Okay, my stag reference is Alina Starkov in the stag, which that's the correct one. She thinks is gonna like help. Right. I'm not gonna. I guess I spoiled it already. But like. If you haven't read Lee Mordugo, then I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Shadow and Bone is old, because that's the first one. Yes, it is. Um, so, Alina also, in a way, thinks that this is going to help her. Like, the stag is going to 
help her, and it turns out to be kind of the opposite. Um, not not because of the stag itself, but just what happens the afterwards. It's the same thing. It, yeah. yeah, it's the same thing for the situation for Jude. Like she thinks the stag, all white stag, is going to be this um, prof prophetic, like changing everything's going to be good. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It turns out, I don't know. The next day is terrible. Like I don't know. Um, do you want to talk about your stag reference before I move on? Yeah, so the fact that it was, like, again, an all-white stag, but it gleamed silver in the light was what triggered, like, Patronus for me, um, mm. and it really reminded me of the third Harry Potter book when Harry's, like, at the lake and sees the stag Patronus and thinks that that means everything's gonna be okay and that his dad is somehow alive and, like, you know, is there to protect him and his friends, and then gets, like, that harsh reality check that he's like, oh, no, shit, I'm responsible for my yeah. own destiny, and, like, I need to figure this stuff out on my own, so I thought it was really prescient there, too. Stags, man, they're just letting everyone down. Damn, they're so symbolic. Like, oh I know, what the heck? <laughs> I feel like I need to look into the lore behind stags. I think that these authors have just made their own lore. <laughs> yeah, they're like, stags, not a good thing. Stay away. <laughs> but deer, normal deer, does fine. Wait, fine. Love them. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, my next one was uh, Slytherin. Oh, I just, just a Slytherin. Did you just write um, Slytherin? I just wrote Slytherin. <laughs> I, knew what it, I knew what it would trigger. Um, it's the whole line about safety and being awful. For Locke, um, mm-hmm. it reminded me so much of the Malfoys and, like, this need for them to be on the side of Voldemort, not necessarily because they believe in the pure-blood supremacy, but because they think that they're safer to be on that side. As pure-bloods, they can hide behind this guy and who is very, very scary who will accept them and they can do, like, the minimum of work and be terrible and then they save themselves right mm-hmm. it's that same idea of Locke. like he can hide behind this guy who accepts him and do the minimal minimum amount of work and whatever like it, if it sucks it sucks but mm-hmm. he's safe that's a good one oh, so. i like that and then also just generally in this chapter Locke remind me a lot of the darkling going back to shadow and bone <laughs> interesting but because because of this whole like he is on the like, I mean, we don't know that the Darkling right initially is on the wrong side. <laughs> Big spoiler. <laughs> but is it? His name is the Darkling. <laughs> um, so we don't know initially, right? But, like, Locke is initially on the, the wrong side. But he's trying so hard, just like the Darkling is trying so hard with Alina, to make this girl trust him. Um... When she doesn't necessarily have a reason to trust him. Does this confirm that Locke is evil and I'm correct? Well, I'm taking... Because, like, the whole line about, like, her being this, like... There was something about that story that hasn't happened yet and being wanting to be a part of it that reminded me so much of something that, like, the Darkling would say to gain Alina's trust. Like, it, mm-hmm. it is very ominous sounding. Like, it's so abrupt. And that right. was exactly, I feel like, one of the first instances of the Darkling and Alina alone together like he was very abrupt with her i mean i feel like that was like the second time they met they kissed right so 
True. It, it, it's just, it's interesting, the dynamics there. But, yeah, that was, that was what I had. Okay. Um, the, so, just the whole class situation where they were, like, stargazing, basically mm. for divination purposes, oh, reminded yeah, me of the yeah. centaurs from Harry Potter. <laughs> like, I just, yes. as that whole thing was happening, I just kept repeating in my head, Mars is bright tonight. <laughs> help it i just i was on a harry potter roll at the beginning of this chapter so i apologize um also like jude correcting nikasia under her breath is so hermione granger and it's like do I'm not i'm so glad that you said that i wasn't gonna say it because i was like i feel like it's like so obvious but but like don't you don't need to correct someone it's okay if you don't like, don't piss off the people more that are already mad at you. Girl, yeah. what are you doing? This is how you end up in a troll's bathroom crying alone. <laughs> Stop. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Uh, and then this is a stretch. So sorry. But you know how my pop culture references work. Random things that people say trigger Random references in my brain. I love that about you. <laughs> so Val- Val- Valerian's sexual comment in class, because I, I said this earlier that like he's a really dumb jock. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's the vibe I get from him that he just isn't capable of doing doing anything else other than like flirting with girls and being mean. <laughs> and it reminded me of the dumb jocks from Heather's. Oh my god! That die in the fake suicide pact. The gay suicide path. Yeah. Oh my god. Because they're dumb as rocks, but they hold so much power in the school. Mm -hmm. And they're just mean to people for the sake of being mean. They don't even know why they're doing it. Yeah. And and Valerian reminds me of that. Wow, we got really culty there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, wait for my next cult moment. Um, Oh. The whole apple thing with, like, them torturing Jude and the rest of the classmates just being like, ha, 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 uh, felt very carry to me. I was, like, before it got resolved, I was like, oh, no. Is this Jude's carry moment? Is she going to torch the school when she gets her wits back? <laughs> uh, she has a pretty carry moment later on. Oh, good. So this is, so this is. not far off. This is what exactly I wrote. I said, is this apple thing Jude's carry moment? Is she going to destroy the fairy world? Because honestly, I'm kind of here for it. And then I went back later and said, spoiler alert, it is not. (laughs) Oh, you got to wait for it. You got to wait for it. Oh, it's coming. Hallelujah. Um, Okay. And then kind of like I was talking about um, how I would have expected the apple to be more addictive. And then that, like, feeling that Jude had of, like, it feeling great, but she knows she doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. reminded me of, like, Nina talking about her experience with Perem, and then, like, the aftermath of it. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I but mean, she was really addicted, though. She was really addicted, but then she also had to deal with, like, the ramifications of, like, which we don't, we don't know this yet, so this may not be as applicable for Jude but like she also had to deal with the ramifications of like 
her changing outside of the Mm -hmm. addiction, right? Like, with her power changing and, like, what that meant for her. And, like I said, I feel like this is kind of a turning point for Jude that, like, something must have, like, broken or was lost in this moment that she can never get back. And what is she going to do from here? (laughs) How is she going to deal with it? Because she hasn't really dealt with it. Like, she hasn't grieved the moment. She hasn't, like, fully processed it, I don't think. Um, so we'll see. But anyway, it just kind of reminded me of Nina while we were it's talking. It's a good one. Yeah. And then this... I couldn't come up with the right pop culture reference. It was, like, evading me. But I still felt like it should go in this section. So Locke wrapping a blanket around her is, like, so reminiscent of something in my brain. And I just, like, can't visualize what it is. Like, the closest I could get was in the Princess Diaries when they throw the, like, little cabana off of Mia and the gym teacher, like, wraps a jacket around her and, like, carries her off away from all of the paparazzi. But that wasn't exactly it. Like, I feel like I've read something or seen something in a movie with, like, someone picking someone up and, like, wrapping a blanket around them to give them, like, clothing. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. I was hoping you would know. It happens in a lot of things, I think. It Uh, does, and I couldn't remember one of them. There's this, isn't there a scene in Boys Over Flower where John D comes back and finds that all of her clothes have been taken? Yes, and Jihu comes in with helps and helps her. her. Yeah, Thank is that you. it? That's probably it. <laughs> because Thank you so much. Like Locke reminds me so much of Jihu in moments. It's That's so crazy. Yep, I do think Jihu is a better character, but there Agreed. is a lot of similarities. Okay, that was it. That was the thing I was missing. The Princess Diaries thing wasn't the right thing. Um, <laughs> but my next thing is also princess diaries uh so i'm really sorry <laughs> Locke again because i still don't trust him is reminding me of josh from the princess diaries like <laughs> like he's being extra nice to like butter her up and he's gonna set her up oh god because i don't trust him <laughs> he's being too nice for this world it doesn't feel right um <laughs> And then I literally Josh. just, I literally just wrote, don't trust anyone, especially the cute ones. Uh, plot twist, uh, the Cruel Prince is actually just a princess diary. Princess diary. <laughs> I mean, with the amount of times I've referenced the princess diaries in this book. I know. Um, yeah. Throwback, though, to our last book. The whole, like, Locke walking her home and then, like, saying goodnight. Last book or last episode? No, last book. Of Locke walking her home after a traumatic event and then, like, saying goodnight and her, like, not being quite sure if she wants him to go or not, but then, like, going home and, like, going in is, like, Jared dropping Evelyn off after the attempted rape. Oh, yeah. That's right. Different situation, obviously, but... Yeah, men are weird. (laughs) They just have, like, four moves, and they recycle them a lot. Yeah, that... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Be creative, guys. Like, you're getting rejected a lot because you're, like, these guys. 
no creativity. <laughs> True. Uh, okay, my next one is another far stretch like Heather's, so apologies again. Um, but I was just thinking, like, she's supposed to go to school the next day, right? And has all of her schoolwork, like, every day. And the hob is asking her to, like, fit in some just, like, finding treason after school. <laughs> and, like, going to do spying. Naturally. So my, yeah, so my brain was like, mm, do you know what this reminds me of? Totally spies. Oh, my God. Yes. Because they've I just would fit. never in a million years have made that connection, but I love it. Because they have to fit all their spying in around high school, and then Jerry pulls them out of class, and they get really angry. <laughs> I love that. Wow, this makes me want to go watch Totally Spies. I've been rewatching The Winx Club. Oh, I know you have. Both the cartoon version and the live action. Uh, I should watch it. I, I literally, I do not, I know nothing about The Winx Club. Like, literally nothing. Okay, hold on. Let's finish the podcast and then we'll talk about okay, it okay, after. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, okay, and then the last... Well, I might have one more, but the last one, um, what I wanted Maddox to do, kind of going back to that, like, teacher thing of, like, him going and, like, wreaking havoc on the teachers for, like, not protecting his daughter. The reason I say that is because I read that book, The Henna Wars, that I told you about, um, Mm -hmm. where (laughs) the main character is getting bullied by girls in the school, and they're, like, ba- they basically outed her as a lesbian um, in their all-Catholic school, and, like, so she's getting all sorts of attacks and all of this stuff from the from mm-hmm. the students, and no one talks to her about it, like, from the faculty, and then her parents find out about it, because her little sister tells them, so they barge into the school and, like, confront the principal, and then the three of them find her, and they're, like, the principal's, like, why didn't you tell me that something was going on? And the parents, like, yell at the principal. They're like, when you found out she was being bullied, why didn't you go to her and fix the situation? And I was like, that's what I wanted Maddox to do. Oh. <laughs> also, a great book, by the way. Loved it. Highly recommend. I should read it. Yeah, I think you'd like it. It's more, like, casual fiction than the normal books I read. But I, I enjoyed oh, it. Oh, okay. I'd like yeah, casual. It's like <laughs> contemporary YA. So like okay. they're just in high school. They're doing a little school business competition. That's the story. Okay. They're gay. It's fun. <laughs> Sounds like a fun time. I will put it on my to read. Yeah. And then I had a bolded comment in here from last week to check in if you finished Girl Serpent Sword yet so I no. can do my pop culture <laughs> reference. I have not. Ah, have you gotten I'll take any my... further? No. I will take my headphones off so you can make it, though. <laughs> no, because, like, it's a spoiler. And so, like, I don't want to spoil the listeners, but it... I mean, I'm going to read it. Just spoil it. It's fine. <sighs> okay, have you met Azad <laughs> yet? Sigh. Have you met no. Azad yet? <laughs> have you met the, like, nice soldier boy that's nice to Soraya? Maybe? Yeah? I think so. Okay. So, this is, like, not endgame spoilers. This is, like, a third of the way in spoilers. Or, like, midway spoilers. But basically, there's this nice boy named Azad. 
who's really nice to Soraya and gains her trust and convinces her to try to figure out how to break her enchantment so that she can, or break her curse, so mm-hmm. that she can, like, no longer have poisonous skin. But it's a trick. <laughs> like, he oh. needs her to do that for a very specific reason that I won't spoil. But, like, she shouldn't do that, basically. Like, it's not a good idea for her to do that. And the whole thing from last week with, like, the geese and, like, that enchantment with a catch thing, where it's like, I feel like it's gonna come, it's gonna end up biting her in the ass later on, which is what it does for Soraya when she gets her enchantment lifted. Um, That is why (laughs) they reminded me of each other. That I feel like they're both tricking the protagonists Mm. for their own personal gain. And I don't like it. You'll understand more the relationship when you read that far. Finish the book, Julia. I know, I need to. I Like, the library probably hates me. I've renewed it so many times. <laughs> I say this as I, like, am struggling to get through a song of, or ballad of, <laughs> the ballad of Songbird and Snakes. Why is that title so much harder to say than The Hunger Games? <laughs> Just say The Hunger Games prequel. We all know what you're talking about. <laughs> the new Suzanne Collins book. Okay. Which, speaking of Suzanne Collins, did you ever read the Gregor the Overlander series no, as a kid? No, I did not. I was obsessed with those books as a child. Oh. So, like, unlike most people, Hunger Games was not my first Suzanne Collins book, because I read her entire series before that. Yeah. Um, which, looking back on it, I'm surprised I liked it so much, because it was about a boy from, like, normal day world who, like went to go live in the sewers with the Underworlders. There was, like, a whole race of people living under the sewers of Manhattan. And there were also giant bats and cockroaches and rats down there. And I was like, (laughs) why did I like this series? This is terrifying. (laughs) Anyways. um, (laughs) So, that's pop culture. Nice. Uh, alright, so, Julia. Oh, my score, Julia. my score. No, I don't think that, is that what it's Oh, next? is it not my score? I MVPs. don't know what. MVP, MVP comes next. Oh my god, I, why do I always forget about MVP? That's incredible. That's okay. why I took a pause, because I was going to grab the sketch. <laughs> I love that we've been doing this for how many weeks, and we still don't know what the order is. It's I a mean, long have a general time. idea. I'm like, it's MVP, a- it's, I don't know that. <laughs> It's a long time between recordings. Like, a week is a long yeah, time. it is a long time. Anyways, MVPs. Who's your MVP for this week? My MVP is the instructor, Knuckle. Because I just feel like he has a really bad situation. Like, he clearly is very passionate about what he is doing. Like, what he is teaching. And then there's the brat, Cardin, who's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Let's move on. And he can't, like, the poor guy can't do anything about it. He's the damn prince. Like, he has to follow his orders. Um, And, like, Noggle clearly recognizes that Jude is a smart individual despite being a human. And I think that's big of him to be like, he could could call her out and be like, you're human. I really don't care about what you have to say. Mm Mm-hmm. But he recognizes that she's smart, and, and yeah, you know, I think that's pretty big of him. So, that's my MVP. He, it's a small I would MVP, like to, but I would I like, like to, to point out. out that he didn't stop her from getting assaulted, 
Um, but yeah. But I already said my part in that. I think that he couldn't have done anything, so. <laughs> he was kind of small, I think, so that's fair. Yeah. Um, okay, well, no surprise here. My MVP is Maddox. Again. Oh my god. Maddox going to win the total MVP. <laughs> this is the third time I've named him MVP in uh, five episodes. So, uh, Maddox is my Colin, and I don't feel good about that. I just want to put that out there. You love the chaos that he brings, and yet you're so... I mean, like, with Colin, I didn't know he was going to do something bad, but you are, like, prophesizing that he is going to be, like, this tyrant. (laughs) So, okay, to you. Am I wrong, though? I'm not going to say. Damn it, Julia! (laughs) I can't say. (laughs) I will say that he has a pretty big part in the series, but I'm not going to say what exactly it is. That could be anything! You give me no hints! I I need hints! I know. But, like, what would have happened if you had given me hints about Colin? Like, it would have spoiled it. What kind of hints? Colin doesn't play an impactful part in the series. I know, I know, I know. That's true. You were hung up on a character that... I mean, you could say he plays a pivotal role in getting the two main characters together. That's a pretty big role. I told... This is what I told you about Colin. I said, Colin is also a descendant of an important figure, and I'm interested in seeing who you think he's descended from. And you guessed, like, Gawain... Or Percival, and I was just like incorrect. And then you were still super shocked when it turned out to be Arthur himself because you thought that Jared was descended from Arthur. I don't know anything, okay? Like all of these characters from that last book, I don't remember them. Oh, that's fine. I'm just telling you, I gave you a hint. I gave you much better hints than you're giving uh, me. My my hint is that he plays a very big part, a bigger part than Colin played. Okay. So I'm going to get all my MVPs out of the way now before he blows everything up. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to blow everything up. I'm just saying he I plays just, a big role. That's my prediction. I feel like that's in his nature. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways, okay. We've got our MVPs. Um, all right, now for your wine review. Okay, my wine review. So, my review is this is a 9 out of 10. Like, there is a whole lot going on here. It is a cognac. It is complicated. You drink that, you are, like, drunk right away. Like, And so happy about it. It's complex. You have some, like, darker undertones to it. But then Mm. you also have some lighter undertones to it. There's, like, it's pretty pivotal. It's, there's, you know, it's. It's a turning point, and it's getting you drunk, and you just want to keep drinking it because you're on this, like, high where you feel really good, right? Mm-hmm. So, nine That's true. I didn't want to stop. I wanted to keep going, and it took all of my willpower to put the book back down. Mainly, I'm able to do it because I don't want to keep typing notes after I finish prepping. <laughs> yeah. Fair. But I also know that, like, even reading one chapter ahead could, like, ruin my predictions. And And so... Things are getting spicy. And they're (laughs) happening very quickly, so I'm trying to just, like, force myself to be good and not break early. Um, Your, your 
your self-restraint is very impressive i will give you that because i'm pretty sure when i read this i read it in like 30 minutes <laughs> that's what it feels like i mean it goes really quick like it goes way quicker than the hunger games prequel it's probably because of the font like i know that it's how many pages is this it's 390 pages my version and mm-hmm. um i mean it's what's this called not double lined <laughs> double spaced Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, not double, I mean, it's, like, one and a half spaced, and so there's lots of space on the page, you have a big font size, not a lot of pages. Like, it's a pretty quick read, whereas my Hunger Games book is, like, 490 pages on my Kindle, and it's so long. (laughs) But I'm really liking this book. I'm very much enjoying it. I'm Um, glad. For my wine corner for how much they whined in this chapter. <laughs> it actually, it felt like very little whining. Mm-hmm. Now, there were places they could have whined that they didn't whine. You didn't whine. I was expecting her to mm-hmm. whine more. I'm going to give it a low score accordingly. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10 for mm-hmm. for whining this week because this is all driven by one moment, and that is Cardin whining about changing the lecture that was stupid he just needs to do his homework so that's three points <laughs> so three out of ten good i'm glad yep all right so that brings us to the end of the podcast uh so thank you everyone for listening hope you're enjoying <laughs> Our crazy ramblings. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, we think we're really funny, but like we're pure chaos together, and yeah. I, we might be the only ones that find each other funny. I don't know. So we'll, that's we'll okay. have to see. It's fine. <laughs> as long as we're having fun, that's what matters. <laughs> um. So if you want to engage with us more, talk about the book, talk about upcoming books that we're reading or books that you want us to check out based on everything that we've talked about since we talk about what books we're reading like every day. Um, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Unnecessary Angst Pod, on Twitter at UnAngstPod, and you can also email us at uh, UnnecessaryAngstPod at gmail.com. And we promise we will respond please between our... Us. work and school schedules yeah please love us not enough people message us and like honestly we just want to feel like we're making a difference in somebody's life other than our own yeah so please email us your thoughts we're happy to take anything and everything um and just have a dialogue about these books because there's a lot to discuss there's so many moving parts and value everyone's feedback and not our sad lonely heart feedback only (laughs) but uh yeah thanks everyone for dialing in and we'll dialing is this a phone call i'm losing my god you are spending too much time working seriously um that was literally like i would sign off on a call (laughs) (laughs) thanks everyone for listening i hope you you had fun and we'll talk to you next week